Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Hordell joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how's it going? Buddy, I couldn't be better. The, the, we're, we're on the verge of the return of March Madness. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is going on? Yeah, it's weird. It's weird to think where we were uh, a year ago today, but you're right. So much to talk about. I have got Bavada Sportsbook open in front of me. We're going to hit on a lot of March Madness stuff later. We'll talk about some uh, some NFL stuff when we are live on stereo. And um, yeah, it's it's a great time, man. It is a really good time. I'm just excited. Like I, I think I think we take it for granted a little bit right now. Like I said a year ago, like this is just when the world was going away. It yeah. I mean, I remember sitting there on my couch. I had started working from home. It was like the first or second day of working from home and just being like, uh, uh, what? Yeah. Like, what are we, what are we, what's happening? Like the conference tournaments were getting canceled. And mm. then all of a sudden it was like, I was like, wow, there's no way they canceled the NCAA tournament. Like, that's not going to happen. Nah. No chance. Well, turns out you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and whether or not it should happen this year is a question all on its own, but but we have it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. I'm I'm excited personally. I for, for sure. I wish I, I, I wish the the field was a little more competitive, but I'm excited to have it back. I also just don't know how I don't know how these teams are going to rank against, like against each other cuz we haven't seen a lot of non-conference play. Like yeah. there was a little bit of it. Uh so you really don't necessarily know how good some of these teams are. Can I tell you uh Speaking of the beginning of the pandemic, I I literally just relived it. I watched two incredible shows uh, in the in the past couple of weeks that I can't encourage enough uh, and people to watch enough. Just incredible shows. Uh, first on on Apple TV, Ted Lasso might be my favorite show on television. It is. It's hilarious. It's heartwarming. It is just. It is just so fucking good. And it took me a second to get into it because I was like, I don't know. Soccer, I don't know, I don't really care about that. And, you know, admittedly, the main character is a little bit a little bit different than what we, we expect from our, our main characters. But man, it I legitimately think it's my favorite show on TV. I watched it all in I think one night. And um if if people haven't watched it, you should. It is great. And um and I just finished Last Chance You, the basketball Last Chance You. Again, amazing. Just really utterly amazing. I was, I, again, it took me one episode kind of like Ted Lasso to get into it just because you don't really, you don't really have any ties to any of these people, but oh my God, captivating. I watched one episode, uh, I guess it was like Friday. Yeah. I watched an episode waiting for the Sixers game on Friday. And then on, I think it was on Saturday, I watched the entire rest of the first season. Wow. I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about Ted Lasso. It's interesting how Last Chance You for the basketball would work. That's I, very amazing, and I don't want intriguing. I don't want to give anything away, but you know, the 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 pandemic certainly plays a part. 
Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it does. That's wild. Yeah, these are these are must. If you're if you're a sports fan, or even just you like good entertainment and compelling television, both of them are must watch. I, I like. I just found myself. I guess the best way I would describe it is, uh, I, I texted you when I when I got the WWE Network, <laughs> and and I texted you and I said like, I'm I'm like find myself laying in bed at like two o'clock in the morning, smiling like an idiot, watching these old Royal Rumbles and seeing these 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 crazy people that I would have never thought again of again in the rest for the rest of my life like Ricky Steamboat and the model Rick Martel and the Red Rooster and all these people. And just, it's just happy to my soul. And Ted Lasso made me happy to my soul. It, it unbelievably good. Well, that's great to hear. That is, that is great to hear. It is. It's a must watch. And, uh, and you have a Penn state tie to, uh, to last chance. You as, uh, as one of the people on the show was a, uh, a Penn state commit back in the day. Chris, I might have a Penn State tie to their basketball team, like to play in next season at this point. I'm, uh, I don't know. How's the Peloton going? <laughs> Not good enough for me to make the team just yet, but I definitely have a year of grad eligibility. And with the amount of people transferring away from that program, woo, buddy. Right. And, oh, yeah, we, I won't get into that too much. I feel like I'm asking for trouble uh, talking about all of that. But, yeah. Watch these shows. They're just so I'm good. To. So yeah. good. I like I can't remember a show I've I liked as much as either one of them that I've seen in the you know the past year. I mean, it it says um the, the Ted Lasso thing is is the most intriguing to me because it's the same dude that created that created uh Scrubs. Uh, yeah, it's the Bill Drew Lawrence Harry show. Yeah. I mean, hard for me to not you know, not be all in on something like that. So I have to give that a go. Legitimately sensational. Get watched, watch three episodes. And I, I guarantee you, you're going to just want to, when the kids go to sleep and, and instead of, uh, instead of playing video games, like you're going to bang out like five episodes. It's just, I could definitely see that happening. So good. Uh, this episode I, brought to you by Ted Lasso. I actually watched a little bit. Speaking of Apple TV plus, I watched like the first six episodes of that Rob McElhenney show. Mystic Quest. Um, also, I yeah. like it. Yeah, really good. Really good. I have to go back and finish it. It's just I haven't had time lately uh, at night, but it's uh, it's. I thought it was very funny. Very yeah, funny. I think they might be the only two things I liked on uh, Apple TV, but but yeah, no, Mystic Quest, Mystic Quest was very good too. I wouldn't put it in the same category, but it, it was certainly fun. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That, that lineup was weird. Also, probably shouldn't spend too much time talking about the Apple TV lineup with everything we have going on right now. It's a good point. A lot of other stuff. A <laughs> lot of other stuff. Let's let's get right to the madness that is March. Uh, I was looking at these lines. Gonzaga, the, the I, would, I don't want to say heavy, but the, the favorite over at Bavada at plus 215 with Illinois at plus four, Baylor at plus seven, and Michigan at plus 1,000. What's your take on this? So when I sat down late Sunday night, looked at the bracket, started to fill it out, got down through the first region, down through the first round, and I said, I need to go to bed. I can't mm. keep filling this out. This is I, I have Grand Canyon in the Elite Eight. Like I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> um, so I went back. I regrouped Monday morning. I looked at the bracket, and I was like, I have I have my, my, my team. It's Michigan. They – 
very good. They played a great conference. Uh, questions about if their their best players hurt. Yeah. Yada yada yada. They got passion. Juwan Howard, Fab Five. I mean, we're all what we're all in. Mm. And then I had Arkansas on the other end, and I was like, I don't know why. I was just I was intrigued by Arkansas. They've won a ton of games. Um, they they should be. They they're a very good team. On the sorry, on the other end of. The bracket. I had them meeting in the national championship. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Then, I, thought, I thought we were talking about the semi. I'm with you. No, 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 no. Then I proceeded to immediately erase everything. Yeah. I, I erased everything. <laughs> I, went, I went completely backtracked. I don't even have Michigan in the final four anymore. Uh, it, it's wild. But it really boiled down to me, to the two teams I think have the best chance. And one, I, I love Illinois. I know okay. they're they're getting... A lot of praise because of winning the Big Ten tournament, and obviously where you said they were uh, with the odds with Pavada. It's yeah. to me, Illinois is a, a really, really good team. They took a weird last shot that let that game go into overtime against Ohio State, which I didn't like. But mm. they're very talented. And then yeah. I couldn't, I, I couldn't get away from Gonzaga on the other end. Even How can though they you? really? If, yeah, well, that's the thing. Like. And and you want to talk? Oh well, they don't play anybody, and it's like, yeah, well, they they may not play anybody, but they crush everyone in their conference. Like, yeah. the the games. I mean, I think they had what like one really close scare in this the entire time. I think it was a game against like BYU, and outside of that, they just cruise. They're very very good. It's it's going to be interesting to see them step out of the the West Coast Conference and into the national stage this year. I mean, that doesn't, I'm not even moderately concerned. That team is just loaded, you know, headlined by Kispert and Suggs. They are just so good. Yeah, that guy's very good. He's very, very Both good. of those guys are very good. Yeah. yeah. Both of those guys potentially top 10 picks in the draft. All I heard was Suggs, and I was like, I was like, yeah, no, I definitely, that's I went definitely the guy. Kispert and Suggs, but yeah. Ah. Eh, it happens. Kis- Kispert's, Kispert's got a Joe Harris feel to me. I mean... That that's how you make money in the NBA. Let me yeah. tell you that. Yeah, if I you think can shoot best shooter in college basketball. Yeah, I think Gonzaga is. I think they're just the better. They're 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 so good. It's hard to pick against them on that side. It really yeah. is. Yeah, and then, you know it doesn't suck that it's plus money. It's just you know you're picking one team against a, a what a field of sixty eight. Yeah, <laughs> you're going complete chalk. <laughs> that's that's rough because you know weird weird things happen. Uh, it's just it's hard for me not to see this team getting to the final. They're so well coached. They're so talented. You've, they've got they've got what you want from a roster construction to excel in this kind of tournament. Yeah, it's just it's hard. I don't know. Well, maybe 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 they just they can't deal with uh, they can't deal with Garza, and and that's the problem. But I don't know. I don't know. I've fallen out of love with Iowa. I in all the different brackets, like all the the different configurations of brackets I filled out. I like. I don't think I ever had them getting to even the elite eight. I don't know why. There's just something about them. I feel like Fran McCaffrey, despite being a fellow a high school alumnus uh, colleague of mine, mm-hmm. I, I find it very. Uh, I find it hard to hard to believe in that team. It just they they, they are very good. They're very good. Bohannon's good. Garz is obviously very good. Um, but I'm, I make, they make me nervous. I don't know. You mentioned Arkansas. They're sitting plus 6,000 at Bavada. Are you, you suggesting that you're off of them at this point? I, I don't know if I'm necessarily off of them, but I'm definitely intrigued by them. 
But I think that 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 particular segment of the bracket is very difficult. Like there, you have to deal with Ohio State up there. You have to deal with uh, Baylor, potentially Purdue. Like those top four, those top four up there are very, very good teams. Like Ohio State really impressed me with how they play. And I, I hate giving Ohio State any credit for literally anything, mm-hmm. but they they really impressed me in in what they what they were able to do in the Big Ten tournament. I mean, the way they held Michigan off while they were rallying to try and come back in the semifinal was really impressive. I, I just it, – it's hard for me to pick against them, and that's where I kind of faded away from Arkansas after initially falling in love with them. I'm always interested by sort of like the inequity between some of the seeds in terms of what their their number is. Like UConn sitting at a, uh, a seven seed – is plus fifty five at Bavada, and then you go to you go to a team like uh, like Clemson, another seven seed, plus twenty five thousand. Well, I think UConn gets name recognition, and they also play in. Well, I mean, I guess Clemson's the ACC, and yeah, they're UConn solid is, conference. Yeah, huh. that's interesting. It also may depend on path and how strong their how strong their their matchups could potentially be. So that's kind of tough because doesn't Clemson kick off with Virginia Tech? Clemson's got Rutgers. They'd have Rutgers, to be they sorry. have to be Houston in the second round, assuming yeah. that Houston gets by Cleveland State. Mm, I don't know. That Cleveland State team is a very, uh, very feisty bunch. Um, well, it breaks my heart to see my my number five seed all of a sudden Villanova Wildcats all the way at plus ten thousand at Bavada and basically just just dead ducks. I don't think slaughtered. I don't think there's one person in the world picking them in the five twelve game unless you no. went to Villanova. No, I, I'm not picking them in the five twelve game. It's, this is maybe Justin Moore looks good at point guard, but they're counting on Chris Archer Diacono playing point guard right now. They're counting on Brian Antoine, who hasn't been able to stay healthy since the McDonald's All American game. Basically, it's uh, it's a bad situation. Uh, I. I, I find myself in a weird position because I've never been the world's biggest uh, Con Gillespie fan. But now I'm praying that he elects to use that extra year of eligibility and come back to school next year. Yeah, that's it's a bummer for that dude. It really is. Um, to, to go out with an injury is, is really tough. Yeah, because I mean, if you compare him to past Villanova guards, like... He's not on a same, the same level like in terms of draft position, even as someone like Ryan Archidiakono. So I don't know. I'm, unless you're you're really excited about starting an international career next year, why not come back for another year and try and win Player of the Year in the conference? I mean, I'd do it. Like especially I would too. with the prospects that you're you're looking at. What maybe maybe a second round, and that'd be tough because I, I don't, don't think... I don't think he gets picked in the second round. I mean, yeah. he's just he's such an unconventional player. But he, as we've seen, he's just unbelievably important to that offense. Yeah, it's like, I, I I get frustrated watching him because I've never been into like the whole back my man down to to make a pass thing, but he's just he's you see what the offense looks like without him. The guy he shot thirty seven percent from three this year on five and a half attempts, fourteen points a game. Numbers are down a little bit. Assists are up slightly. He just. He had a good year, not a great year, and now we're we're gonna miss him for these last games. And I I hope he's back. I can't believe that I'm ending the year saying I hope Colin Gillespie is the starting point guard of Villanova next year because I started the year excited to see who the next guy was. 
but they've recruited nothing in terms of point guards. I don't think they have the option in-house like we're seeing now. So God willing, Collins back next year and uh, we can sit at that plus 215 that Bavada currently has Gonzaga as the number one seed to win the championship (laughs) next season. Well, you can only hope. All I'm telling you is that the team to watch out for, and it comes in a 5-12 game, much like Villanova, Mm. the Oregon State Beavers, buddy. The Beavers are dancing. The Beavers are dancing. Yeah, everybody's way too into them beating Tennessee. Listen, I I love Oregon State. I spent a couple years living there. Very fun. But... This team, they're they're way too <laughs> inconsistent to to win anything. I, I, like, I know te- people are down on Tennessee, and Rick Barnes always seems to flop in the tournament. Mm. Keon Johnson like, can play. Yeah, like, will will I be will, will I be wagering on the Beavs? Probably. Is that a smart idea? Probably not. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, they're a, they're a weird team. I don't I don't really get what Ethan Thompson is. I mean, I think maybe he's just a really good college player and that's it. But I don't know. That's that that they're a weird team. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't get it. Like they got super hot from three in that tournament, and that's pretty much what it was. That's how they 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 built a huge lead against Oregon in the semifinal just by threes, and then that yeah. same thing happened in the championship game. The first half they. I think they they were like six of ten or seven of eleven from three, and um, uh, Colorado had made zero three pointers in the first half. Yeah. And then eventually they chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, and it ends on a one point game. But just just pure craziness uh, for them to pull out pull out that W. Yeah, they have two guys who score more than ten points a game. Granted, one of the greatest names in college basketball. Excuse me. I got a burp here, but one of the greatest <laughs> names in college basketball, uh, Warith, is uh, is on the cusp at nine point nine points per game. Also, their leading shot blocker, but Jared Lucas is one of those guys, along with Ethan Thompson, twelve point six a game. The issue is that he shoots thirty eight percent from the field. Yeah, it's not great. It's not uh not exactly what you would call ideal. No, no, this is they they could really use like a Trey Tinkle on this team. Yeah, it is bizarre that the year after uh, after Tingle graduates, they end up doing this uh, and making that weird magical run through the conference tournament. Uh, it was crazy. There were there was um, like uh, things all over where people were taking that took them preseason where they were predicted to come in last to win this <laughs> tournament and won won crazy money. It's nuts. Yeah, I, I really do like this this Tennessee team. Jaden Springer, Keon Johnson, both of these guys are NBA players in the future. Even if Keon Johnson, he's super fun to watch, kind of unconventional, not a great shooter from distance, but just you you can tell the guy just gets how to play basketball. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I that's why when I as soon as I saw Tennessee initially, I was like, oh, they're they're gonna they're gonna stomp Oregon State, and then immediately I look online and it's like people. Are all, all Oregon State, Oregon State. It's just recency bias. That's how mm-hmm. it works. That's it. How do you feel about these Thursday games? Anything interesting for you? Well, I think it's it's oh the the four playing games. Yeah, I mean I I hate the first four. I really do. Like yeah, let more teams play. Who cares? I mean yeah sure, and I get why they do it. And the games are always usually pretty fun and close, but it just it, it like it it feels fake to me. 
Um, I, I the Michigan State, Il, uh, not Illinois, Michigan State UCLA game is interesting. Yeah, I think that that's I think that that's a fun one between two. Oh, obviously, one legendary college coach and then one long-term college coach. So, uh, you know, two pretty historic programs. Obviously, Michigan State with a little more recent success versus UCLA. That'll be a fun one. Um, the other matchups, what, like Norfolk State and uh, – I was just looking at it. It's Norfolk State and – oh, God. Oh, um, oh man, Appalachian State. Yes, and, and then and you got you got Western Kentucky, Mount St. Mary's. What? That's not that's not a n- not interesting game. That's kind of a fun game, and I think uh, I thought it was a push. Apparently, Bavada's got Mount St. Mary's uh, favored by two. I don't know. I might go the other way there. <sighs> that's a tough one. I, Texas State just absolutely demolished teams throughout their tournament. I mean, Prairie View was. I think was a favorite in that in that uh, conference tournament championship game. Yeah, and they just they just smash them. I I probably go Texas State in this situation, but it's close. Texas Southern, Greg. Don't Texas Southern, not Texas State. Show some respect. My apologies to te- all the Texas Southern alums. I'm not gonna lie, I thought we were talking. In- what am I looking at? Oh. Wait, this is Mount. This is Western Kentucky and St. Mary's, and of course, St. Mary's is not the same school as Mount St. Mary's. It is not. It is, sure is not. That is convenient, and they're right next to each other. Uh, but if you're looking to bet the NIT, then I do like Western Kentucky <laughs> over St. Mary's. Uh, but yeah, in in terms of what you were talking about, I see where you're going with in terms of Texas Southern. That game's, by the way, a push at Bavada. Yeah, I mean that's I. I I have to go Texas Southern in that game. I'm also I'm also interested in the the, the Drake Wichita State game because I don't think Wichita State's very good. No name recognition, hundred percent. Yeah, like they they I was I was shocked to see <laughs> shocked. Look at that. Look what we do here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was I was shocked to see um, yeah uh, them in the conference tournament like uh, where they were seated because I, I I mean. I've been in on co- in and out of college basketball this year, but I knew they weren't very good. And I think they went the, the last, the semifinal game when they ended up getting into the finals, they won the game, but they didn't score a field goal for the last like six and a half minutes. Like they just played super good defense and get relied on free throws. It was, it was bizarre. It was a bizarre ending to that game. And now I just think, I think they're prime for Drake to come in there and just knock them off. Well, Wichita is uh, plus 30,000 at Bavada. Uh, what what I will say about that, I guess, is that I am never going to bet against a team that has a guy named Isaiah Poor Bear Chandler. <laughs> and, th- and I'll tell you, you what, look, looking at the picture of Mr. Bear Chandler, also not a person whose name I would make fun of to his face. No, absolutely not. This is, uh, he doesn't, he seem, seems like he's heard the jokes before. Oh, absolutely. He was 100%. I'm not going to dig into that too much. Um, I guess if we're looking at, let's look at the teams above like 10,000 and above at Bavada. I can do that. I'm interested in getting your take on, on where you would be putting your money because, uh, if it's not the Zags, I think this field is a little bit open. Baylor's not the team we thought they were. They're good, but they're not the team we thought they were. 
Nova's not the team we thought they were. Iowa's not the team we thought they were. Uh, we do have Cade Cunningham and the Oklahoma State team in there at uh, plus 2200, but I'm interested. Let me know when you pull it up because I'd be interested in your take here. Yeah, I, just on the Cade Cunningham thing really quickly, I I don't know if they have enough around him to get there, yeah. if that makes sense. No, like it it's, Yeah, like he's very good. He's very, very good, but it is it is tough sledding. Like I was bummed to see Oregon State if they win, they end up getting they end up getting him in the second round if if Oklahoma State wins. Yeah, but that is it's a terrifying prospect, um, a terrifying prospect to to think about. If he's you're he's State. such a weird team though. I mean, he's such a weird player because he started off a little bit slow, has been nothing short of spectacular recently, but at the same time. He's a point guard with a 3.6 to 4.2 assist to turnover ratio. Yeah, that's It's a that's sub crazy. 1 to 1 and he he's going to be the number 1 pick in the draft. We have literally never seen this before. It's going to be really I mean, I see the vision for him, like the body type, his he has some decent court vision, but so that that kind of thing's a little bit alarming. Yeah, you you know, you're that many turnovers in that conference. I just Sure, things will get easier for him in the NBA when he's got more talent around him and there's more spacing, but I don't know. anybody. If you're the number one point guard in the country, I, I would hope you can not turn the ball over four times a game. You would think. You would hope. You got the, <laughs> you got the stuff up? I do. I have it pulled up. Plus 10,000 and above. Man. Uh, the people who are enamored with Georgetown, that's weird. Uh, I don't think they're very good. I don't want to talk about Georgetown. Um... Uh, I hate to, I hate to be a West Coast bias guy, but Oregon at plus twelve thousand. Like I know they underperformed in the conference tournament, but they're still a really good team. Yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not not yeah. a lot of not a lot not not in this range. Like, I mean, what are we what are we doing here? Like Colorado's okay too. I'm fine with them. I think they're they're a pretty good team. Wisconsin's weird. They don't feel like a regular Wisconsin team. Like not all their games are like 27-32 with 2 minutes left in the th- in the second half. Yeah. Bayheim always always intrigues me cuz that that team throws a zone on you and then all of a sudden you have no idea what you're doing and they just somehow magically like whisk their way into a final four just out of nowhere, mm-hmm. but I still don't think they're good enough. Ugh. Yeah, that guard yeah. that guard on Oregon's one of the best players in the country that people aren't talking about yet. Yeah, I I, I obviously can't think of his name. It's um, like I I, I, I just forget how to say his last. It's like Chris Dwart, but I don't remember exactly how. It's D U R A T E, but I forget how the last Duarte? Yeah, something like that. That guy can play basketball. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I think that if you're going plus ten thousand, that's that's got to be the play at plus twelve thousand five hundred. Yeah, um, you don't like the, you don't like the banana slugs over Creighton. Uh, no, no, I don't. I mean, <laughs> I actually do think that UCSB can beat Creighton. I just didn't like the way Creighton looked in that that conference tournament. That was really bizarre. Yeah, well, um, there, there's some stuff going on. Yeah, and I think uh, I think that's where they're they're a prime prime upset uh, character in in the upcoming first round. Who are your big upset picks round one? Uh, let me pull. Let me grab my bracket because I know I have it. Uh, I 
I was tempted. I was tempted to go. I mean, obviously, 12 5. I always end up being the guy that has too many 12 5 upsets. Yeah, all 12 um, advances. Yeah, exactly. Which almost never happens. That's, that's just pie in the sky stuff. Um, I do definitely think. Uh, I do definitely think that my computer stinks, Chris. Let me just I'm tell familiar. you. There it is. Yeah, I'm very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, Oregon State in the twelve-five. UCSB in the twelve-five. I actually think that uh, whoever comes out of which I obviously took the Drake uh, over Wichita State. I like them uh, to beat USC. I don't think USC is very good. I know Evan Mobley is very good. I was I was lectured. Yes, he was one I was already lectured about uh, when I brought up this take to uh, a few a few friends of mine. So that that was rude by them. Greg, uh, can can <laughs> we expect that there will be some conversation about the NCAA tournament on this week's episode of Better's Delight? Oh, there most definitely will be. We will be all over uh, the bracket. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of arguing, mostly yelling. Probably a lot of yelling, if we're being perfectly honest. And this um, is. Um... This is who's who's leading right now. Who's a, who's your overall leader in the clubhouse? Uh, as of right now, I believe Mark is still all the way ahead. When oh, that's overall, exciting. Well, who's gonna know. who's it gonna be on episode sixteen? <laughs> well, we have we, we have we have a we have a couple <laughs> candidates, Chris, and there's there's a leader in the clubhouse. Let's just say that. Oh. So we'll see we'll see how that goes. I'm excited um, to see. I'm looking forward yeah. to I'm looking forward to finally being able to listen to that show and enjoy it. <laughs> Hey man, I I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah. Um, outside of that, like I don't, I forget who I was listening to. They were really talking up Texas Tech. I know you love Chris Beard. I, I do. Think, I think Utah State can win that game. I really do. I just to me, I don't know. I think. Texas Tech. He's such a good coach, but they weren't very good in a conference that usually isn't very good. Yeah, so it's a, it's a that, weird year. I'm not gonna attribute too much to it, but I agree with you. This is this is not the best Texas Tech team that Chris Beard has had. No, absolutely. So I also think that who I think if if Michigan State or UCLA comes out of comes out of that game, regardless of who it is, they can take out BYU in that in that matchup. I going back to Texas Tech for a second. I just I have no faith whatsoever in Mac McClung. Yeah, I mean, he's such a polarizing figure when it comes to rooting for college basketball teams because he's like a high school dunk hype guy, and then yeah. he kind of failed at Georgetown, you know, yep. and, and just pieced out. And he's been he's been what he's been all right at Texas yeah, Tech. He's their leading very, scorer, fifteen seven yeah. game. Yeah, so ah, he just he just yeah he he's he is very. My goal is to get myself a basket and. That Texas Tech team, even more so than usual. I mean, there's just I, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven of their top eight scorers, and all of the players who play, you know, twenty minutes or above are guards. No, I yeah, I, I agree. You have uh, Marco Santa Silver, uh, Silva, who, who's six seven, and this is gonna be their center. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> <sighs> God, the NCAA tournament's so frustrating. Yeah, and but that's why it's fun too. <laughs> yeah, no, it is, and that's what we were. My uh, my wife was asking me thousands of questions last night as she was trying to to feverishly fill out a bracket, and I was like, Yeah, I don't know. I like I, you have to sometimes you have to just make the decision and just go with it. Like yeah. ultimately, you might it means be wrong. nothing. 
Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> and most likely you're going to be wrong anyway. Right. Nobody ever gets a perfect bracket, so it just is what it is. You just hope you're wrong less times than <sighs> everybody else. Back, I had a magical run for, for two rounds. The year, like the... um. The the Florida Gulf Coast Grand Canyon year and uh, I was in the like ninety ninth point fifth percentile or something like that through two rounds, and then it just fell apart. Yeah, and that's but that's what always happens. Like, and that's that's why it's the most frustrating thing ever. Like, I love it. I love every second of it. I love the idea of filling out the bracket. I love watching the selection show and mm. watching bracketology stuff, and. No, no doubt about it. I could have you could go like sixteen for sixteen on day one, and then just the the absolute bottom falls out. Like yeah, that's just the end of it. You're five or five for sixteen in day two, and it's like, all right, well, this is this is over. Right. Even when you nail like all of the upsets, somehow you still just it's just it's gone. It's over. Forget it. Don't worry about it. It's done. Don't. We're done. I don't know what's the, I don't know what's the most like demoralizing thing. Like, say you take a three seed. And you have them in the final four, and they lose their first game. And yeah. it's like, well, well, this is over. Wow. My entire bracket's done. Oh, it's not even, yeah. Or you have that one seed who you think is going to you're going to advance and potentially even win the championship, and boom, knocked out round two. Oh. Granted that a lot of other people are going to suffer the same fate if that's the case, but you, you know if your bracket is just done. Yeah, you're just completely and totally lost. It's over, dude. Just like this mm-hmm. portion of the show. Um, yeah. Give me, real quick, closing thoughts. Your champion is? I think it's the fighting Illini. I think uh, I think Illinois gets it done. Big Ten's been the best conference. Big Ten's been uh, all year the most competitive. They came out of that tournament. I think they have a real shot. All right. And Illinois sits what? They sit plus 400 at Pavada. Yep. So you can win some money. Win some money. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, enjoy the tournament. We are going to talk uh, plenty more about that but that will be on the show next week this week we're going to take a super quick break and we'll be back live on stereo see you in just a second hey guys chris here to let you know that this week's episode of you're wrong and here's why is brought to you in part by stereo we are just thrilled to be partnering with stereo Uh, stereo allows us to talk directly as as you guys have the chance to hop on to the conversation anytime you see us on the app. It's basically like our show's pregame and after party, and those conversations are available only on the Stereo app. As a matter of fact, you guys can join us every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday over on the Stereo app. All you have to do is download the Stereo app and follow us at Stereo.com, S-T-E-R-E-O.com backslash Chris Horwoodell, C-H-R-I-S-H-O-R-W-E-D-E-L. For your ease, the link is also in the description. I gotta tell you, I love Stereo. I'm on the app talking all the time, so follow me and get notified every single time I go live. Again, you can find me on the app and follow me at Chris Horwoodell. You know, whether it's the biggest news of the day or just general sports talk, maybe even a little movie talk, who knows, will be available on Stereo for you to join us. Stereo is a live social conversation app where you can be the co-host, you can be part of the conversation, or or just kind of listen in and see what everybody else is talking about. We cannot wait to talk to you on Stereo. Once again, join us every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday over on the Stereo app. Just download the Stereo app, follow us at Stereo.com backslash Chris Horwoodell. There's a link in the description as I said already. We love this thing. We are there all the time. Follow us. Make sure you don't miss an opportunity when we go live. We're so excited about this, and we cannot wait to talk to you live on Stereo. 
Hey guys, it's Chris, and this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why is brought to you in part by Unidragon. If you're not familiar with them already, Unidragon has the absolute best wooden jigsaw puzzles available today. These things are incredible. I think this is a case where, honestly, I just want to let the quality speak for itself. I'd encourage you to head over to their website at unidragon.com. That's U-N-I-D-R-A-G-O-N.com and lay your eyes on their huge selection of wooden jigsaw puzzles. If you're anything like me, the first thing that jumps out at you is this is master level craftsmanship. Oh, we'll get to the main event in just a second, but let's not overlook the wooden world maps that are, they're frame worthy. And not like a frame you get from Target, I'm talking custom frame job worthy. If you don't think the wooden world map is in my cart right now, you are absolutely fooling yourselves, my friends. But make no mistake, the star of this show is the wooden jigsaw puzzles. There's a wide selection and each one comes in three different sizes. It's basically just, it depends on what kind of challenge you're up for. Uh, me, I'm partial to the panda and the fox, but every single one is a work of art. And you guys know me, I don't say this lightly. The other thing I wanted to mention, uh, shipping to the US and Canada is quick, like really quick. I expected it to take weeks and was shocked to see that the quickest ship times, depending on which option you select, could only be a couple of days. You're going to want to check all of this out for yourself because Unidragon stuff is perfect for gift giving or you know just for yourself to have at home. In a partnership exclusively with us, Unidragon is offering 10% off your order by using the promo code DRAGONNOTWRONG. That's D-R-A-G-O-N-N-O-T-W-R-O-N-G. And that deal is good until June 1st, 2021. So you've got time. You've got time to make multiple orders because you know, I think you're going to want to. Seriously, head over to unidragon.com. I promise you, you're going to be blown away. How do you feel about the idea of the legal tampering period? It's just, it's complete crap. <laughs> I mean... Like, like legal, legal tampering. Just open it up. Just open up the league here. Like, let's go. What are we doing? Yeah. It, I hate it. What's the point? Yeah. What is the point? Doesn't make sense. You have these guys agreeing to contracts before the league year even starts. And in these situations, teams still have to get under the salary cap by the start of the actual league year. It's, it's a bizarre concept. And, uh. It's just all that, all more that more a sham that we we pretend like teams aren't constantly tampering. Yeah, I mean it's it's a complete it's a complete joke that we even pretend that we even pretend that there's not actual tampering <laughs> prior to this. Like cell phones, social media, these guys talk. These guys talk twenty four seven. Of course, there's just illegal tampering. Like that's just that's the way it is now, and there's nothing you can do about it. All right, we're going to hit a lot of the, the bigger signings in free agency so far, well, the bigger agreements in free agency so far, but I think we have to start with the team that has mo made the most headlines through all of this. That's the New England Patriots. They have gone out and they've spent some money recommitting themselves to Cam Newton on a one-year deal that's worth up to $13.6 million. More likely, it's going to fall into that five-ish million dollar range, but even that is a 300% increase for a guy who threw eight touchdowns to 10 interceptions last year. They bring in, you know, Philadelphia legend Nelson Aguilar on a two-year $26 million contract. Thank God for that. And they, they pair him with Kendrick Bourne on the other side to give Cam Newton more weapons. I guess they thought this is a, a Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez situation. Ideally minus the, the murderer uh, in Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. They signed the top two tight ends on the market. 
They, you know, they they uh, they get Trent Brown. They trade Marcus Cannon away. They sign Matthew Judon. They sign Davin Godshaw. They sign Jalen Mills. They they Good. sign Henry Anderson. <laughs> what? Uh, I, yeah, I'm not as excited about that as you are. But what do what do you think of this so far? Dude, Tom Brady broke Bill Belichick's brain. Tom yeah, Brady went sure. out and won a Super Bowl, and Bill was like, "All right, we are loading on up, buddy." We are signing everyone and anyone possible. That's that's where we went with this. And Bill, Bill didn't mess around, man. Like the, the double tight end thing is very interesting. It destroys both guys' fantasy. Yeah, uh, I value. I think I think Greg may have muted himself there for just a huh? second. But as uh, as we wait for Greg to get back, this is Jeff Green, eighty-one. Yo, what's up? It's been a crazy off season so far. My name is Jeff Green Nation. Jeff Green, eighty one. Live and man himself on sports on stereo. I'm about to give Craig um, a follow. Or I gave you a follow, Chris. Um, hit me up on Instagram. I want you to be a part of sports on stereo. You guys look like you are very knowledgeable about the game. So just hit me up on on. Um, Instagram, I really want you to be a part of this group, this family. So, yeah. Well, thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that, Jeff Green. In the words of the great Dominic Toretto, there's nothing more important than family. No, not and, at all. Uh, <laughs> let's, we've got one more here from, uh, from Truth Hurts 2K. Let's play that. If it would play. Which, sorry, Truth Hurts. Doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like we're a thousand percent on the game right now. Don't ask me why it's not playing. You know, stereo. We're figuring uh, figuring shit out as we go, right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, here it is. Yeah, absolutely. And here it is. Russell's going anywhere. I might really. I kind of want to know because I'd totally freak out if he left the Hawks. I mean, I'd freak out. I'm go- about to freak out too. Well, um, so, it's Russell it's, Wilson's. Russell Wilson's not going anywhere. Not a chance. Not a. Ch- it's the no. same. Ugh. I, allegedly, I, the uh, before they signed Andy Dalton today, allegedly the Bears made a giant offer to go get Russell Wilson from the Seahawks, and they were flat out told no before uh, they could get any traction whatsoever. He's not leaving. You know they have lost Shaq Griffin. Shaq Griffin signed. With uh, the Jaguars today yeah. for fairly fairly big contract, but no, Russell Wilson is not going anywhere. No, and I don't know why they ever even pretended like that this was going to be a thing. Like I know what Russ was trying to do, and and like force his way out without actually forcing his way out. But they, it was, it was never yeah. happening. It was never happening. Also, can we stop pretending like this Deshaun Watson thing isn't a thing? There's. Deshaun Watson's never going to play in a Houston Texans uniform again. I am, I'm sure of it. Oh, no, buddy. Because you know where he's going to play? The New Tell England me. Patriots. That is the well, move. I did, that, that's funny. I did see today that even after all of this money they spent, the Patriots could still fit Deshaun Watson and a couple other free agent signings under their cap fairly comfortably. You want to talk about just absolutely the, the the world social media would melt down if Deshaun yeah. Watson goes to the Patriots. Oh, a real weapons, an offensive line. 
I mean, this... Well, I don't know that the real weapons thing is uh, what still count. It is still Nelson Aguilar. Well, it's the beginnings of real weapons. You can work your way to real weapons from there. You forget Edelman can come back. I'm, I mean... Edelman, Edelman stinks now. Eh, but he can still give you a little bit. I know he's more on the Wes Welker tour towards the end of the career than he is... Uh, he's on the, the Danny Amendola tour. Forget Wes Welker. Uh, I mean, he could be on the Chris Hogan tour. Chris Hogan's playing pro lacrosse. He is, and good for him. Yeah, why not? Make that money, Chris. Um, uh, I'm looking to see if there is... Nah, I couldn't find any odds for where Deshaun Watson's going to end up at this point on Bavada, but yeah, he he's not going to be a Houston Texan. No shot. I know. They, there's just no way. It doesn't make any sense for them to keep him. He's already disgruntled. Like You've already upset him. You've traded away all of his best players. Like... Yeah, I, I, I don't see any any reason to do this. Well, and for their sake, they need to move on because I don't know if you saw it or not, but just today they signed the the quarterback kingmaker Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor has been at the forefront of so many young quarterbacks coming of age in the NFL. <laughs> be it you know, and he gets hurt and he gets hurt and. You know, what's uh, Justin Herbert takes over this year. He gets hurt and Baker Mayfield takes over before that. He gets hurt. And I believe, was it Lamar Jackson took over from him at that point? <laughs> yeah. Or uh, sorry, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. Um, yeah, no, he, you just, if you're Houston, you sign him, you draft, you you know, you, uh, the, the word today was a seven or seven, four quarterbacks go in the top seven. I totally buy that. I think five are going to go in the top 10. Not that Mac Jones should. But you sign him, you get that three pick from from Miami if you can. You draft Justin Fields or you draft whoever, you draft Trey Lance if you like him there. You pray for Tyrod Taylor to get hurt game four and Fields takes over and dominates. I mean, it's... Also, as soon as you see that signing, that's the that's the sign. Like, Deshaun's going and they're going to try to find somebody in the draft, like you said. And I think they have to. They have no other options. <sighs> what uh, what other moves have have surprised you so far? What what have been the shocking moves in free agency for you? Uh, I think the Griffin one's really big. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I I don't know what that Seahawks defense is going to look like anymore. It's it's really it, not the legion, really not the legion, of, not the legion of boom. That's for no. Damn it's sure. most it's most certainly not the legion of boom. <laughs> And um, Seattle is one of the few teams that has not signed a free agent so far, w- with our own uh, Philadelphia Eagles being another one. Yeah. Um, let's go. To, let's go to uh, let's go back to our friend uh, Truth Hurts here, and uh, and see what he's got to say. Truth Hurts, two K on stereo with uh, Chris Wardell and Greg Crown. Can you guys explain to me how the Rams even have a cap? Yeah. Yeah. Or do they have a cap? Uh, well, sir, the salary cap is a sham, and I think that's what we've learned in the NFL this year. It's The NFL has become, it's almost become a showcase for the world's best accountants to prove their value. Uh, you have teams like the Rams who seemingly sign every one of their players to a deal that makes them amongst the highest paid players in football. Then they go out and they trade for Matt Stafford. They give Leonard Floyd this big extension. I think it was 464 and you find a way with, you know, we see it, I guess the Taysom Hill contract in New Orleans is a great example of this. 
This is a thing that almost gave me a brain aneurysm when I saw it. Uh, I saw Taysom Hill signs a four-year extension for $140 million come across the ticker. Insane. Thought thought it was a mistake. I thought, oh, well, they added a zero. Um, no, it's just, it's all voidable years, and it's basically a mechanism to spread the the bonuses over fake years of a contract that aren't going to exist. We're seeing teams get really, really creative this year. We're seeing teams... I know Howie Roseman's a guy who I know Greg loves, and he's been an advocate of pushing money into future years of the cap. This is, and you know, actually we saw this again today, and a very interesting move in telling with what we were just talking about with the quarterbacks. We saw this today with uh, the Falcons and Matt Ryan. They pushed a bunch of money onto future years, specifically that 2022 year. I think his number goes from um, his number goes from 40 this year to effectively like 23 in terms of cap value and they're committing to him for that 2022 season, which maybe takes them out of the race to take uh, a quarterback at four. Maybe it's a Kyle Pitts. Maybe it's a Jamar chase at this point, but yeah, the NFL has become a showcase for accountants is the, the long and short of it. It's, it's insane. It's, it's, it's a complete joke that the cap, they don't, they don't even pretend like it exists. It's no, like, hey, as long as you're under this number by this date, I, 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 you know, I'll just keep pushing the money down the road. But, but Yeah, but, I mean, look I mean, at New Orleans. New, New Orleans was in the worst cap position of everyone. They used their franchise tag on Marcus uh, Williams. And then they brought Jameis back on a, you know, a $5 million deal that can be worth up to twelve five. I think. Yeah, yeah, twelve five. How do you feel about Jameis Winston, the starting quarterback of the, the New Orleans Saints? I don't even know if he's going to be the starter. Taysom oh, Hill will. Oh, stop it. Taysom There's Hill 0% will, chance. What? Taysom, Taysom Hill, Hill will, will start games. Yeah. He will start games for them. 100%. Yeah, as an offensive weapon, not as no. a quarterback, un- unless Jameis gets hurt. They didn't even let Taysom Hill throw the ball when he was filling in for Drew, uh, Drew Brees. That's because they want to use the element of surprise for this year. Chris, it's all planned. Had, yeah. Sean Payton's really a genius. Uh, he has, I'm, look, I'm looking for his passing, and for the first thing I find is rushing and receiving on pro football reference for a quote-unquote quarterback. <laughs> but uh, he has thrown the ball, he threw the ball 80, no, completed 88 passes, threw the ball 121 times last year, which was about 10 times as much as he's thrown the ball in total in his career prior to that, where he had 13 passing attempts. I'm telling you, Chris, I don't care what the pass stats say. He will okay. be the starter at some point to start the season for them. There's just no doubt I in my mind. Think and you're I'm, insane? But but if okay, so if Jameis is the starter, and that's a pretty big if. Yeah. We have to see how. I mean, we saw that one play in the postseason where he threw the long touchdown pass, right? And, and uh-huh. that, that was solid. But, like, outside of that, we have no idea because Jameis didn't play when Breeze was hurt. Uh, he's got yeah. plenty of weapons. There's plenty of weapons around him down there. Michael Thomas still. Kamara. Obviously, they lose Emmanuel uh, Sanders. He went to the Bills. But yep. it's to me, it's going to be very, very interesting to, to see him back in the NFC South but actually playing. And, and has he learned from all the mistakes? The 30-30 club. That's a thing. Like... It's That's an good. incredible thing. It's not good, no. But the last time we saw Jameis Winston play football in Tampa Bay, he threw for 5,100 yards. Yes, he threw 33 touchdowns to 30 interceptions, which is a, a borderline, just 
amazing number. It's one of the craziest numbers that I've ever seen in all of sports that he was allowed to throw 30 touchdowns, including a basically season ending pick six, which is the only way it should have gone to get to 30. But he threw 319.3 yards a game for that Tampa Bay team. Again, that's that's more than Tom Brady, which makes him better. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's Argue that point. I don't know if I can. Uh, no, I agreed. <laughs> let's go one more time. Let's go back to Truth Hurts. I loved a bit of fly on the wall when Belichick was just giving out money. Literally, he's, he's, he's buying everybody. And it was there somebody that talked to him and said, oh, if you want to be Tom Brady, you're going to have to pay for it. But what? I was so shocked. <laughs> I've never seen Belichick ever something like that ever yeah and look that is that's a reason that a lot of people view the patriots as one of the big losers of free agency in day one they went crazy it was it was solely uh oh oh shit tom brady won the super bowl i need to prove that i was the guy who was important on those teams not him it was about me not the greatest quarterback to ever play football this is this is all reactionary. What was your take on all of this Patriots stuff when you saw it, Greg? I mean, I I think trying to rebuild what we talked about earlier with the tight ends, and you added a little bit yeah. of outside weapons. One big mistake on defense, but we can we'll let that happen. We'll let that go, and we'll also yeah. see where 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 it goes. You know, like is there another move down the pike? And if there is another move down the pike. Then we're like he's playing a game with everybody, if that's the case. But I, I mean, I'm I'm in the same boat with you. I think there was a very big overreaction to uh, we let Brady walk. He won a Super Bowl. We came in like third place in the AFC East. And also, I, I understand reacquiring Trent Brown since they gave up basically nothing, and he was good there in the past. I don't understand trading Marcus Cannon, uh, but. We've uh, we're gonna go to uh, we're gonna go to Chima Ball ten and uh, and see what he's got to say. If you're listening, feel free to. Oh, we have a second comment. Uh, we are going to. Oh boy. All right, we're gonna go to Chima Ball ten first. Here you go. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was surprised when they signed back um, Cam Newton. To be honest, very surprised. I think Cam Newton was also surprised <laughs> by that. That was that was. It was shocking. I mean, I guess the writing was on the wall a little bit uh, as Belichick had come out and he was pretty effusive about Newton the uh, the days leading up to free agency, talking about how good a job he did in, you know incorporating himself into the offense without a proper offseason and without proper OTAs and how great he was in the locker room and how quickly he absorbed the playbook. But 2,600 yards passing, eight, touch, uh, eight touchdowns to 10 interceptions. You know, this is... This is just Jameis Winston without all the the prodigious passing. Yeah, he can't throw, which is a problem. Now, don't get me wrong; he doesn't have a ton, he didn't have a ton of weapons to throw to, which hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, but he there's the the arm motion is weird. There's just I was shocked when I saw that it came back that he was going to be back there. That's why I think there's still something pending, and he's going to end up being on the bench. I don't know. I don't know. Like that's that's a big number, up to thirteen point six for a guy who could be sitting on the bench. I and I didn't understand if you're gonna if you're gonna go after a quarterback for that level of money, like why not just get it over with and sign Ryan Fitzpatrick? That yeah. would have been my move. Yeah, I agree. And then you could have potentially looked at drafting somebody, and then you have Fitzpatrick to do 
you know, his yearly thing where he goes to a team that then drafts a quarterback and then he works them along into being a starter. Yeah, thank when you, they, uh, John Wolf, for the comment. Agreed completely. Uh, let's go to this next uh, comment question, and it's from um, Matt Crone. Oh, I hope gosh. I'm saying that right. Which was a bigger signing for the Patriots, uh, Nelson Aguilar or Randy Moss? <laughs> Thanks for that question, um, Matt, Matt Cron. Um, you know, I, I would say that Moss was probably the better player when they signed him, but you I, think? Know you're just being an a- I know you're just being an asshole. Look, Aguilar, <laughs> Aguilar wasn't, he wasn't bad last year. He just, he was so frustrating in Philadelphia, and I think a lot of these signings are viewed through the lens of what they did at, when they were Philadelphia Eagles because uh, myself and Greg and I believe Matt Cron are Eagles fans. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't think the Aguilar signing was quite as bad. I'm surprised that he got 226 when a guy like Marvin Jones signed for half of that. I, I would rather have Jones at half the price than Aguilar at 226, but he's a fine player. I you know. He's not an exciting player, but he's a fine player. I don't know how well that this offense is going to run with Cam Newton with a bum shoulder when he couldn't make it work with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel in Carolina. He had he had his one good year with the Raiders, and now he gets paid. And now he'll do two years of not being very good and then get a deal from somewhere, low ball. This is the, the Nelson Aguilar playbook, buddy. That's how this works. Hey, if that playbook is making $13 million a year, then sign me up for it. I've got another 100%. comment from, Ch- from Chima Ball. Let's go there now. Personally, I feel like Cam Newton isn't in the right right area. I feel like he should be in like a different occupation, sort of occupation. play style. <laughs> I think he's, he's, he's a good enough quarterback to not be a backup, but he's not in the right team at the moment, I'd say. I, I, don't, I don't know how to... I don't know how to to argue this point just because I don't know that he's in the the wrong place. I think that when Cam Newton was healthy, he could have worked very well with Belichick because, you know, he's one of those guys. And I think Odell Beckham Jr. is another one where there's this public perception that they're kind of assholes, but their teammates love them. They're good guys in the locker room. I just, I think he's broken. I think Cam Newton is just broken and deserves to be a backup quarterback. Greg, what do you think? I think there's something with the shoulder. There's something that either wasn't addressed or when it was addressed, it wasn't fixed the proper way. You can see the difference in the throwing motion. It's not the same anymore. And unfortunately, that happens sometimes to guys. Injuries happen in the NFL, and you you almost never recover from it. It's tough. It's really tough. I also think I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily disagree because the McDaniels-Brady relationship – was very pass heavy. Like yes, they would yeah. they would run the ball occasionally, but it was very running back by committee. Uh, a lot of short swing passes and things like that. And that's not Cam's game. At least it wasn't prior to this, prior to the injury and stuff like that. He was able to throw the ball downfield. He was a you know what I mean. Um, yeah. He was able to hit the tight windows, and he just can't do it now from a physical perspective. Boy, I'm looking at this these <laughs> messages stacking up. And I'm a little bit afraid. Oh no! <laughs> a little bit afraid. Let's, uh, but let's go to it. The our next message. Can't imagine there's going to be much value uh, from this one. I apologize to our listeners from <laughs> Kalita four five four. Let's give this a shot. 
Macron is an idiot. Uh, but look out for the pats season. if they get Deshaun. Wow. Dynamite dropping. Yeah, let's just pretend like that didn't happen. Um, moving, uh, moving on, uh, and congratulations, Greg. You picked up a follow from uh, Kalita four five four. Oh, thank, four. thankfully. I don't. I think that's actually a negative follow. Let's go to Zed on Betars Dilt. Hey guys, if we're talking cap space here, I know this isn't a Philadelphia podcast, but how screwed are the Eagles? $15 million over the cap still, I think, with no quarterback, no receivers, aging defensive line. Also, huge underdog sports fan here. I love the better's delight. That Zed guy sounds hilarious. Love to hear him on that podcast. All right, I'll wait to hear your answer. Thanks, Zed. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Wow. Good news. Good news is from everything I have heard, the way the winds are blowing, there will be a spot available soon. So <laughs> sit tight and, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. There's I I wouldn't say that's impossible. In terms of the Philadelphia Eagles stuff, yeah. Yeah, they're they're screwed. In these. They're going <laughs> to suck for a couple of years is I think the unfortunate reality. I I'm not as uh, as down on the receivers as maybe you are. I think there's still some hope from Jalen Rager. Uh, you know, I, we, we live in this world where all of a sudden we expect players to be superstars year one. And historically, that's never been the case with wide receivers. Now, we have certainly seen the outliers to that. And unfortunately, they're guys that Philadelphia has has passed over. When we talk about DK, that's a guy that, what, 57 uh, was p- passed over for 57 other selections, including the team that ultimately picked him, uh, passing him over once as well. I can't. I can't get on them too much for that. The Jefferson thing's tougher. I think they viewed him as a slot only, and they wanted a speed receiver. Clearly a miss. Jefferson looks like the better player, but I'm not giving up on Rager. Uh, you know, Fulgham had three good games. <laughs> hey, they're all working out. To- they're all working out together. Maybe that's great. The defensive line, yeah, that's not that's not wonderful. I think the defensive line completely hinges upon what you get from Javon Hargrave this year. People forget how good he was in Pittsburgh. He's certainly still young enough to anchor that uh, middle of that defensive line for a while, but Brandon Graham is getting older. It's going to be, it's going to be difficult. That I'll tell you what, this, this is going to be one of the real difficult things for me, Greg is the day Brandon Graham is not a Philadelphia Eagle anymore because I, I love that guy. Yeah. It's going to be a bummer, but I think it's going to be more of a retirement than a go somewhere else. Which Do you? Uh, I hope. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know he's still relatively like he's old, but he's not he's not that old. Um, yeah, he's a he's a level of old where as as someone who is my age, I do not want to refer to that person as old. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's to me to me it's it's gonna be frustrating. It's gonna be frustrating seeing any of these guys. It's gonna be frustrating seeing Ertz go sometime over the next week. You know. It's, yeah, and he he is right now allowed to search for his own trade. Yeah, I know. I saw that. And is it, Buffalo seems like it makes too much sense. Buffalo or the or the Chargers? Nah, <clears throat> I think the Chargers are the better candidate. But the fact that we're only going to get a fourth round pick back for it is it's miserable. It's miserable. Or you should get more for it. Well, it's interesting value because you traded that fourth round pick for Jannard Avery. And who they're, by the way, moving to linebacker this year, uh, which is probably the right move. 
But to think that Jannard Avery and Zach Ertz have the same round value, it, it's it's bizarre. But there's no, there really is no better value than trading for veterans in free agency or around the draft. I you know I go back to a relatively young Marshall Falk so many years back being traded for a second and a fourth round pick. There's just if you want to build talent on your team and you're willing to absorb the cap space or able to absorb the cap space, you know make those deals, trade for veterans. Yeah, I think he's a guy that's going to play a key role on a team. Uh, and if it is the Chargers, talk about a way to replace losing Hunter Henry. It's replacing him with a guy like Ertz, you know? Yeah, what, the hell, were the, what the hell were the Patriots thinking? That was bizarre. The I thought Jonu Smith was a relatively good fit, but then you go double down, double dip, and add Hunter Henry. It's very tight end heavy. It's very tight end heavy. And a lot of money in tight ends, like... I get that it was successful in the past. Like I fully understand that, but that's that's a tough look. Also, what is the Bears' fascination with hoarding mediocre quarterbacks? That's what we do. That's what we do in Chicago, buddy. I did <laughs> Andy, not know. I did not know you were part of Chicago. Yeah, never we they. It the Andy Dalton thing is is laugh out loud funny. Like why even why get rid of Mitch? What, 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 right. Like what is the point of this? So you just, I don't think Andy Dalton makes it. You're still, you still potentially have the fourth best quarterback in the in the division that you're in. And, yeah. and you what, went from what the, Mitch to Andy Dalton. And what are the Jets thinking? They need to protect their quarterback, whoever it is. They have a ton of money. You know, Joe Douglas, former, uh, you know, like lead scout-ish. I forget exactly what his role was in the Philadelphia front office. Now the GM there. They don't even call to check on the number for Corey Lindsley. They don't. They can't do anything with Joe Thune. You need to protect your quarterback. I mean, yes, the Chiefs made a bizarre decision before free agency even started to cut both of their starting offensive tackles, but at least they signed Joe Thune. And they're very much in the mix from everything we've seen for Trent Williams right now, who's, by the way, he's going to get paid. Oh, he's going to get super paid. I don't know. It's, it's, free agency's been weird. Somewhere, I missed Ngakwe to the Raiders. I'm looking at stuff right now. What I think the funniest thing to me was the notion that Rob Gronkowski considered signing anywhere but Tampa Bay. I know, dude. Like that was a complete lock. A complete lock. I don't know how you could how you could ever think uh, he was going to go anywhere else. He only came back to play with Tom. That's right. it, and that- wasn't very good, and somehow got a raise. I mean, wasn't very good until you get to the Super Bowl. That's that's catch, how it works. He catches touchdowns in the Super Bowl, so I, I guess there is value there. But you're really counting on getting there. Yeah. Well, what can you do? Any big free agents you're you're surprised haven't found a deal yet? No, not really. I mean, I feel like I feel like I'm I'm upsetting you with these. Questions. No, no, you're not. It's it's like. There's there's so many moves that have happened. Like I don't even really yeah. know who's left to and and I think it's the frustration with the Eagles are involved in absolutely none of it, right? So it's just wow. like whatever. This is this is terrible. I hate them and they're ruining this for me. So uh, the I guess you've got the receiver market left to play out, right? You've got Galladay's there. And by the way, that's that's one of the things that I was really confused by. If you're going to spend I think they're spending 20 million dollars basically this year on wide receivers, uh the Patriots why would you not give Galladay fourteen or fifteen million, and then go add another guy at five million, rather than bring in Aguilar and Bourne? I guess they were 
interested in the quote unquote speed that Aguilar brings to the table. I don't know, man. I don't I mean, know. To, it's weird. To me, to me, I think the the bigger issue for them is uh, like Galladay. Galladay is definitely expensive, but he's coming off that weird injury. And we talked about it last week that yeah. he was hurt for most of the year, underproductive, and he's older. Now I know, you know, Bourne's a relatively young guy. Um, uh, he's also not good. Yeah, well, that, that's fine. And Aguilar, I mean, Aguilar is what he is. Like, he's an established established receiver. He's, I don't know who your one is at this point. Do you have that much? Uh, and and uh, Kiel Harry? Are we hoping uh, and Kiel Harry's making the leap? Maybe, or Jacoby Myers. Those are, I mean, yeah. he looked fine in parts of towards the end of the year, so maybe that's what you're relying on. Maybe you move up in the draft. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot going on with New England, and I can't really wrap my head around it. Top remaining free agents on the board, Trent Williams, number one, Galladay, uh, number two, Jadavian Clowney, number three, Will Fuller, four, Curtis Samuel, five, Juju Smith-Schuster behind Curtis Samuel and Will Fuller. That's interesting. And perhaps reactionary, <laughs> uh, followed by William Jackson, Mitchell Schwartz, Rodney Hudson, Justin Houston, excuse me, Hassan Reddick, Jayon Brown, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Carlos Dunlap, Adoree Jackson, David Andrews, Anthony Harris. Still talent on the board, Melvin Ingram. How how did the Patriots not try to get David Andrews back? I'm like, not I sure. don't I don't know. I, you're spending all this money. I feel like he's been a big a big part of that. So, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sure. It's going to be interesting to see where some of these guys end up because if you go down the list a little bit, you have like a Richard Sherman uh, who was great in 2019 and bad in 2020. You have uh, you have Sammy Watkins. You have Antonio Brown. Some interesting names and Patrick Peterson and the one time the one time phenom Kenyon Drake, <laughs> the one time phenom. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, there, it's all to me. I think I think like you said, Williams and Galladay is intriguing. Peterson's intriguing to me too, though, because I still think he has a little bit left. It's not a lot because mm-hmm. he's definitely up there, but he can definitely help a team. Like definitely help a team. Can I tell you, for the last couple of years, I thought that Patrick Peterson was due to make that Rod Woodson switch and go play free safety. I think he can prolong his career. I know he's only 31, but I think he can he can push the strong part of his career another two, three years if he makes the switch to free safety. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot less taxing, a lot less um, a lot less having to cover you know, guys on every single play and being able to play more of an area. I think that would work for him. And he's such and a ball a guy, hawk to begin with. Oh, yeah. No, you, you put him in your defense and you figure it out. The, this is a guy you want in the locker room. Uh, I'm also interested in Melvin Ingram, who, like, such a, a good player for so long, but he misses games. Yeah, that's a tough one. And he missed a lot of time with the Chargers. Yeah, 12 games in 2019. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't think he can command big money. Like, I don't think anybody could commit to him like that. But he can definitely help if he's healthy, you know? Yeah. He, he was How very in, good. Yeah. How, How many Melvins is, on that team? Agreed. <laughs> it's, it's the Jalen problem in Philadelphia, which they took steps to rectify this offseason so far by not re-signing your guy, Jalen Mills. Um Jadavian Clowney's another interesting guy. At what point does Jadavian Clowney stop thinking that he's a high-end pass rusher 
and just accept the fact that he's one of the best defensive ends in all of football against the run. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's It's been... He just... I guess you get into the NFL and you get into that end position and you just get that, like, oh, I got to get to the quarter. I got to get to the quarterback. And you try to... You try to become that, right? And he was never that. It really wasn't even his mold in college. Like No, I mean, yeah. the worst thing that happened to Clowney was he made that one hit. Oh, the hit against college. Michigan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Was that was that uh, Denard? Or was that uh, Denard, Denard, Robinson? Was the, Denard was the quarterback. I don't remember who the running back was. Yeah, he just, yeah. I mean, zero sacks for, for Clowney. In 2020 with the Titans, three for um, for Clowney in 2019 with the Seahawks. He's not a, he's not a pass rusher, and that's okay. He is one of the best players in the NFL at the defensive end position against the run. And it's just we we have to stop pretending that he's something else. He's it doesn't matter if you put him up next to to, to JJ Watt, for example, uh, who he got to play with for a very long time. Right. He's not he's not gonna be a 10 sack guy. He's just a solid. Defensive end, I think the most he's ever had, he got he got close a couple of times. He's been in the nines twice, but we're talking about three sacks over the last two years. Look, this is a good player who just who needs to realize what he is and find a home because it's it's silly that he's not an anchor on somebody's defensive line. No, he absolutely should be. He absolutely should be. Before we get out of here, do you uh, expect anything at all from these Philadelphia Eagles, Gregory? No, I'm completely disappointed. I'm completely <laughs> disheartened. I hate them. What are you disappointed uh, about? Uh, I'm. What am I disappointed about? I'm disappointed about everything, such they, as they, they're just they just given up. They've given up on everybody. They're gonna mess this draft pick up. I have no faith in Howie. I'm I'm annoyed. Like I know we're restructuring everybody. We've made no moves because we literally physically can't. We physically yeah. can't because we're so financially strapped. And you're watching. Other teams get better in your own division, left and right, and you are going to be left in the dust. And I'm going to have to be very upset watching just absolutely That's so garbage. unlike you. I know. Well, hey, listen, I'm going to be sitting around watching absolute garbage every Sunday, and it's going to stink. Yeah. Well, you know, the one thing I did think was telling was, like you said, they restructured pretty much everyone except for Lane Johnson. I wonder if, and, and, you know, I know it came out that, oh, Lane said we could restructure if we need it. And, and Lane's like, oh, I love Howie. We're super good friends. We play Boggle together and, and Settlers of Catan. But um, I don't know if I buy it, honestly. Oh, no, they hate it's, each other. Everybody hates I think Howie so. for the most part. Well, I, I think Howie is terrified of re-upping uh, – re-upping Lane Johnson. And I think he's worried about pushing too much money because right now, the way I looked at his, uh, I saw his contract, Lane is pretty much uncuttable until 2024. You'd be losing, there'd be a dead dead money and a negative cap hit uh, any year before 2024, I believe. I I think Howie is terrified of putting more money on the back end of that contract. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I also think that there's there's health concerns with Lane. Right, for sure. He, he said his ankle caved in. Yeah, that's not good. That's that's no. not that's not good for anyone. And nah, you don't, you don't want that. No, uh, so that's very concerning. And if you you have to, that has to be a very team friendly deal to be able to potentially get out of if necessary. So, mm. I, I I agree with you. I think that's a very frightening prospect for sure. 
All right. That, well, that whole, that uh, whole, but sorry, I know you're trying to wrap it up, but that whole Howie no, article no. between Howie and Lurie and, and all the meddling and Howie, it's just, it's disgusting. I hate this franchise right now. It's, it's infuriating to think about. It's infuriating to watch unfold. And, and I'll be locked into the draft. We'll, we'll probably take, I don't know, who's the best D lineman in the country? That's where we'll go. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, it's certainly, I mean, on the defensive end side, you're talking about Quiddy Payne and, um, and Greg Rousseau. I guess you have better defensive tackles, but that's not, yeah, that's not an exciting proposition. Regardless, no, we have, not in the least. We have plenty of time to talk about the draft. And by the way, I expect them to trade down, but they're going to um, draft Kyle Pitts if he's available. That's all the chat. Like Philly kid. I like Kyle Pitts. That works for me. I don't think he gets past Atlanta at four right now, but we'll see. again, the draft is like six weeks from now. Uh, plenty of time to talk about that. That's going to be it for uh, Greg and I here on Stereo. Uh, thank you to most of the people, I'll say, that uh, <laughs> that took the time to ask questions, make comments. Uh, it makes the show so much more fun. Thank you for that. We'll be back here next Tuesday. And uh, we'll see you then. For Greg Curran, I'm Chris Hordell. Thanks for listening. This has been You're Wrong and Here's Why. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Again, we want to remind you that uh, the show is brought to you in part by Stereo, and this is something we're absolutely thrilled about. I'm sure you heard us raving about Stereo earlier in the show, but in case you missed anything, Stereo is an app that allows you to hop right into the conversation with us. As a matter of fact, mark your calendars because you're not going to want to miss the official You're Wrong and Here's Why after party on Stereo Tuesdays. Uh, We'll also be there on Mondays and Thursdays live to talk. Just download the Stereo app and follow us at Stereo.com, S-T-E-R-E-O.com backslash Chris Horwood, L-C-H-R-I-S-H-O-R-W-E-D-E-L. There's also a link in the description for your convenience. We had a lot of fun on the last episode. As a matter of fact, here's a clip. Chalk is season up as, a, as, a, as another learning experience. Luke is, what, 20? Like, mm. we can, well, I don't think Luke is 20 anymore, but yeah, he's still very young. Sorry, 21, 22. Yeah, he's, he's, he's elderly, basically. Yeah, I mean, I, I would pass on him now at this age, obviously. That, it is retirement age in Slovenia, 21 years old. <laughs> Stereo is an app for live social conversations, and it allows us to talk directly with you guys, our wonderful listeners. You can join the show, you can ask questions about whatever we're talking about, or you can share your own thoughts and experiences. We really do want to hear from you in, uh, in the future, so head over to Stereo.com backslash Chris Horbidell. Once again, Stereo.com backslash Chris Horbidell. Follow us, and let's talk.